You're listening to the Artist Athlete Podcast, episode zero. Zero is Spanish for zero. And this is the zero episode because it's not really a real episode. Oh, I should introduce myself. Hi, I'm Shannon McKenna. I'm the host of the Artist Athlete Podcast. And it's not a real episode because in the real episodes, it's not just me sitting here terrifyingly talking into a microphone while I'm holding my pop filter in front of it. I will have another person with me who I will be asking questions to and being hilarious with and giving you all sorts of cool circus insider information and tips. But it was suggested to me that before I launched the podcast, perhaps I should give a little introduction to what people can expect and what this podcast is all about and what I'm all about. Uh, and so I decided that maybe I should listen to those people and do that, even though it's really hard. And I've actually tried to do this like six times and I keep deleting it and being like, no, I sound terrible. What am I talking about? Blah, blah, blah. But this time I'm just going to go for it and I'm just going to keep talking. So who am I? Well, I am a 31-year-old American. Uh, I'm from the U.S. And I started circus at the age of 22. Before that, I was an actor. So I went to a performing arts high school where I had dance classes, but I would skip them. I had technical theater classes, but I would skip them. I'd usually go to my acting class, and then I had normal classes as well. And then I went to a um, college for the arts as well. I went to NYU and majored in drama. I got my BFA. And my concentration was in physical theater because about that time I knew that I needed movement in my life. And I knew that movement could express something that words couldn't. And I wanted to explore what that was. So I had a physical theater company with a group of people that I had gone to high school with. And every summer we would all come back from our respective colleges and we would put on these shows. We would do these weird site-specific shows. One, we did um, Peter Pan in the back of my friend Jessica's backyard. The next year we got permission from Emory University in Atlanta to create like structural piece on the top of a parking garage, a parking deck. And then the summer after that, we went to Cape Cod and we would do these little pieces on beaches all across the promontory. And it was then that we started to incorporate silks and trapeze in like the worst way possible, in the way that like I would never advise anyone to start doing silks or trapeze ever. You know, like we hung everything from magnolia trees and we were like uh, we were like teaching each other how to climb. It was awful. It was terrible. And so when but when the group disbanded, it was right after I had graduated from NYU and I knew I didn't want to go back to New York. I was really burnt out of the city by that point. And I didn't have the, I mean, I wanted to be in movies. I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to be in commercials. I wanted that like film money, you know, but I didn't want to do all the things that is required to do that. I didn't want to get headshots. I didn't want to sit in rooms with hundreds of other blonde girls and like go into a room and like read off a dog can food label or whatever. I didn't want to do any of that. So I kind of lied to myself and said, okay, I will move back to New York next year. But in the interim, I'm going to go and 
just to like pad out my resume, learn some trapeze and learn some aerial fabric at um, a studio in Athens, Georgia. So when I was 22, I moved to Athens, Georgia, and it was such a joke because I had been used to living in this huge cosmopolitan metropolis. And I moved to this town of like, I don't know how many people uh, Athens has. It's, it's a college town. So the, the age group was appropriate, but the culture and everything else was quite a shock. But they did have one of the few aerial studios that I knew of at the time. I knew it was affordable, and I'm from Atlanta, so it was close to my family. And so I would go and I would take private lessons twice a week from this amazing woman named Julie Phillips. And um, I would take a conditioning class. And finally, I could test into some of their session classes. So I did that for about six to nine months. And then I applied to the New England Center for Circus Arts, which at the time... This was 2009, was one of the only schools or recreational, pro, or not recreational, I'm sorry, like even close to quote unquote professional training programs available that wasn't at the level that I could never have gotten into. I never could have gotten into ENC. I never could have gotten into some of the European schools at the level I was at. I had had no dance, no gymnastics background. I was, I was super flexible. Like I had really long hamstrings so I could do over splits, but I wasn't, I could barely do a pull up. Come on guys. Like it wasn't happening, but I applied to NECA and somehow by the grace of God, I got in or I don't know, someone else grace of somebody or lack of grace of God. I got in and I uh, moved to Vermont and I did my training there. I got my, I did teacher training there. I got most of my technical training and I started to learn how to train or what my body needed and what I needed to listen to and not listen to when coaches told me things. And uh, that was really helpful. Uh, the most helpful thing about going to NECA was definitely that I learned how to teach progressionally. I learned what the twins, Elsie and Serenity, who run the school, uh, what their approach to teaching was and how to apply that to students that I would later have. I think that was my biggest um, benefit from the school. Uh, second to that would probably be just the skill building and the strength building that I did get. After NECA, I left and I continued my training. So I went down to Guadalajara, Guadalajara, Mexico. Um, such a gringo, listen to me. I went down to Mexico and I trained with a guy named Juan Luis Gonzalez on aerial straps and rope. Uh, and then I went to Montreal and trained with a wonderful man named Jonathan Fortan. Uh, so all of this is to say that after that, I was pretty well trained, pretty well skilled and was working professionally, which means I was getting paid to do the skill set that I had acquired over all of those years, um, mostly in gigs in the U.S., and then I got a couple of contracts overseas. That's my story in a nutshell, <laughs> with a lot of other stuff that will probably come out as I start to talk to some of my friends on this podcast, wedged in between. So let's fast forward. It's now 2000. 17 or so, 2018, and I am starting to look around. I'm 31, and I know that I want to keep what I'm doing. I love teaching. I love performing, but I miss the... Uh, there's something else that I feel like I need to do, or there's there's something else that the community needs from me, and 
I started talking to a lot of people and doing a lot of research about what's available online and what information is available for people in the circus arts or people who are interested in them. And to be honest, in America, there's really not much. And I, I say, like, I did a lot of research on it, but really, like, I just talked to an Uber driver and they were like, you're the first circus performer I've ever met. Or I would talk to my friends or my God, my parents. And they're like, what do you do? What do you, how do you, because I never performed in Cirque du Soleil. And so for a lot of people, that was the stopgap. Like, oh, you're a circus performer. Were you in Cirque du Soleil? No. Then what do you do? Um, and so I guess people are kind of taken aback or flabbergasted or I don't know what they are, but they're, they're confused. Let's just say they're confused by a person who has chosen to do this for a living and isn't in Cirque du Soleil. So part of what this podcast is about is exposing people to the art form, exposing people to the world of circus. And yes, I do have very good friends and great people who have agreed to be on this show who are Cirque du Soleil performers, acrobats, um, artists, and they have great stories. But I also wanted to go out of my way to give a voice to everyone else, the people who are gigging recreationally or working, you know, to make recreational studios happen in their hometowns, the people who are rigging for events. My first guest is going to be Brett Copes. Um, he's a professional rigger who worked for Cirque du Soleil and other big companies. Um, I have Carrie Heller on the show. Carrie Heller wrote the first safety instruction, instructional manual for circus arts. And she is a certified therapist, not a physical therapist. She's an occupational therapist. I think I'm going to have to interview her and then change all this when I'm wrong, but she uses circus arts as a form of uh, therapy. So there's so many different ways that this art form can be applied and the world needs to know about them. I don't want to make this podcast too much longer. I feel like I've just talked a lot about myself. Uh, the next three or four, four episodes I have recorded, I have Brett Copes, who I just talked about. I have a woman from New Orleans. Her name's Liza Rose. And she was a contemporary dancer and then became a choreographer and opened a recreational studio in New Orleans. Um, my next guest after that will be Brandon, who is an acrobat on Cirque du Soleil's Volta currently. And then I have uh, Inca, who she's a professional contortionist who holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the long, the farthest a bow and arrow has been shot with the feet. So she's in a handstand and she she shoots the bow and arrow with her feet. Very impressive. And we talk about how she came to do that. The artist athlete is entirely self-sponsored right now, which means that I am putting the bill for all the production costs. Uh, the microphones were donated to me, but the cost of editing, the cost of marketing, all of the things that it takes to make this podcast great, that sweet theme music you heard, that's all um, being paid for by me. Because I'm a boss bitch who makes my own money and funds my own podcast, draws my own cars. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so um, all that is to say, if you want to support the podcast right now, the best thing you can do is go out, tell all your friends, subscribe, download all the episodes and keep listening 
If you want to reach me, you can find me on the worldwide web. My internet address is www.theartistathlete.com. I'm also on Instagram, the underscore artist underscore athlete. I'm on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter, though. Should I be? Should I be on Twitter? I don't know. Does anybody? I don't know. Maybe I should be on Twitter. I don't know what I would say. What? Like, either I'm going to say, like, one word, or I'm going to say, like, 500 words. So I feel like Twitter isn't really my venue. It's not my it's not my bag, which I think I've said twice on this podcast now, and I never say, so I don't know what's up with that. But anyway, the last little piece of business I wanted to throw in for you guys who stuck with me this 13 minutes was that I did write a ebook recently called The Fundamentals of Aerial Alignment, a practical manual for hanging upside down. And it's written for beginner aerialists and teachers, though I think if you're a super nerdy professional, you might find it interesting too. Um, in the book, I deconstruct the technique behind fundamental aerial positions. I talk about the correct muscular engagement to safely arrive there and the rationale behind why it matters. There's also links to full videos and exercises for you to implement immediately into your aerial training routine. Also included are, are Cirque Physio Insights, which are little tidbits that my good friend and my physical therapist, Dr. Jennifer Crane of Cirque Physio, wrote throughout the manual, and they're little applicable biomechanical and anatomical blurbs that support the exercises and give you a medical background as to why they are effective. So if you want to pick that up, you can go to my website. It's under e-manuals and I'll give you a little discount. Just type in Shannon is great, all lowercase, and you'll get $10 off that. So thanks for listening guys to my very painfully birthed first, well, zeroth, zeroth episode of the Artist Athlete Podcast. In episode one, I will be talking to someone else, so I won't be so lonely. See you then.